Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Today, it marks the final trading day for the month of February, a month that started off strong for all of our major indexes here. It looked like it was going to be a strong month, but we did end on a weak note to finish out the month here, especially this last week here. Uh, but before I get into our major indexes and their action on the day-to-day, check this out because there is a bright spot here, and that is that going back to 1950, March and April are two of the strongest months of the year, along with November and December. The average gain here is roughly 1% to 1.5% over the last 70 years for the S&P 500. So we're exiting now one of the historically worst months of the year. February is the second worst performer of the year. I believe it's October is typically the worst performing month of the year. But we've also got some other good things on the horizon here. It's looking increasingly likely that this first stimulus package for the Biden administration will likely pass sometime in March. And folks, that, that'll be perfect timing. Uh, if you've tuned in for our podcast, for some of our longtime listeners here, you've heard us talk about this. A slight market sell-off is a great time to pass a new stimulus package. One, because it doesn't look great to pass a stimulus package with markets at all-time highs, but this is actually a pattern we've seen now going back to the the beginning of coronavirus insanity to March of last year. It's, it's hard to believe that was a year ago now, but since that time, every new stimulus package that was about to be passed, even if the market was at all-time highs, we've seen the market sell off a little bit. People get a little bit concerned, bearish sentiment starts to come back. We get a little of that froth out of our system, and then the package gets passed and the market continues its rally. So we expect that's something similar that we'll see with this round again. Again, we've seen it a few times already. We think that that repeating pattern will continue here. But when you look at this package, the reality is that This is stimulus for the sake of stimulus at at this point. It's utterly useless. I I won't say utterly. I mean, it's not completely useless in terms of coronavirus issues, but only a small percentage of the $1.9 trillion allocated for this stimulus package will go specifically to COVID relief. I I think it's like 9% will go to COVID relief. Maybe 5% will go to getting schools reopened, but... A large bulk of this package is really a communist wish list. Uh, Bailouts for poorly run states with the highest unemployment, higher pay for government employees, even if they're not working. Uh, uh, Give that money to the people. Instead of a $1,400 check, uh, make it bigger. There's so many better options here, but this is the same way with schools as well. Uh, I'm almost certain here, that the schools will receive this money whether or not they get kids back into their classrooms or not. So we've seen this from the teachers' unions already. If they're going to get paid either way, what's the incentive for them to get kids back into the classroom? They're going to just keep protesting this thing. Uh, It is unbelievable. Government waste at its finest here. And check this out. Should... 
which it will, this $1.9 trillion bill be passed, this will now take fiscal stimulus, the total, in just 10 months now, to $6 trillion here in the United States. On top of that, we've got the Fed's $3 trillion in quantitative easing. So we're at $9 trillion now here in the United States alone uh, for stimulus, both fiscal and monetary, for coronavirus. Now you add in the rest of the world's stimulus, and we're over roughly $22 trillion in global stimulus here. And You've heard us talk about this here on the podcast a lot. That number looks like it's going to be going a whole lot higher, probably end up somewhere. In the U.S. alone, we're going to be adding potentially another $6 trillion on top of our $9 trillion. So you're talking $28 trillion then, plus what they do for the rest of the world. Now we're looking at over $30 trillion in stimulus all over the world. And there is a bright side to that. It's gonna, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You might as well make as much money off of it as possible. And the way to do that is to be in this market. With this level of liquidity, it, it is almost a certainty that this market is going to keep heading higher. And it really shouldn't shock too many people that rates are rising here, uh, just as it shouldn't shock too many people that U.S. and global stock markets will continue to rise sharply as well. That's the way that we see it here. Uh, it's the like I talked about the repeating pattern that we've seen since the beginning of coronavirus insanity, and we expect that to continue. So, let's take a look now at our markets on the day going into the close. About thirty minutes or so before the close, it looked like we would finish with three out of our four major indexes positive on the day today. But we got a sell-off into the last few minutes. Excuse me, last few minutes of trading. Uh, we almost finished with just one index higher on the day today. The Russell 2000 finished almost exactly flat, up just slightly. I'll get to that here in a second. But starting with our laggards uh, was our one index, the Dow, that actually really held up one of the best this week. It hit a new all-time high earlier in the week on Wednesday. Uh, So we're just a couple of days away from new all-time highs. Not exactly the time to be bearish there, and we certainly are not. The Dow finishing down today 1.5%, down 469 points to 30,932. We were followed there by the S&P 500, down 0.48% to 3,811. And then, like I mentioned a second ago, the Russell 2000, just barely able to stay positive on the day, up just 0.04% on the day to 2,201. And lastly, our leader, the NASDAQ, up just over half a percent on the day today to 13,192. Another good sign that we did see today and not as good as it was before that sell-off into the close. The VIX did finish lower on the day despite the volatility that we saw there into the end. It was it was down over 11% before the last 20 minutes of trading or so. Ultimately finished down just 3% on the day today. But still uh, good to see the VIX closing lower. But like I mentioned, overall extremely bullish on this market. We think this is a fantastic buying opportunity here. And again, with this level of stimulus that I just recapped, we expect the pauses for this market to be short and sweet. And we likely are going to kick off March with a bang, we think. Next week could be a big week for our markets. Uh, so the action today, 
not as negative as we saw earlier in the week. We did see some continued weakness in the internals today as we got negative readings here across the board, but not the overly concerning negative readings like we've talked about here. Once you start to see the internals finishing five, six to one negative um, across the board and back-to-back days of that, then we'll start to change our tune a little bit. We just didn't see that today, even though we did finish negative across the board. Declining, uh, beating out advancing stocks today, uh, just about by 400 or so on the NYSE, a little more on the NASDAQ, but not, again, even two to one negative kind of day. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a blowout. Uh, new 52 week highs to lows did come back negative as well. Uh, just a few more stocks hitting new 52-week lows than highs on, on the NYSE. It was just over 2 to 1 negative, though, for the NASDAQ. And then lastly here, volume did come in 2 to 1 negative on the NYSE, but just slightly negative here for the NASDAQ. Um, I do want to point out here that what, what we saw today, though, also looks like there could have been a little bit of capitulation heading into the weekend as the put call ratio, uh, the amount of, of options traders buying puts compared to calls, actually increased to the put side today, which we haven't seen in a while. The ratio is typically at about a 0.7 there. And for weeks on end, we were seeing well below 7. Uh, it might have even been longer than that that we've seen that for. But today, we hit a 1 for the first time, I think in a long time today. The uh, We did finish above a 0.7 as well today. I think we closed right at about a, a 0.9. Yeah, 0.93 uh, to close out the day here. So, again, a little bit of capitulation there from uh, the options market. We'd love to see that continue into next week as well. Looking at our sectors on the day, we finished with just three out of our 11 sectors higher on the day today. We were led by tech. That's what we like to see. And then on that note, SMH, after the big 5.5% plus day that it was down yesterday, that was a warning sign for us. So if you've been tuning into our podcast, we've been talking about that as well. Uh, that is... A, a warning sign here, a big down day in the semis, the 5% plus type down days. So it was important here to see the semis rally back. We want to see that continue. Something that Kip talked about on yesterday's podcast, the February, 23, uh, February 23rd lows are about $232 on SMH. So we're about nine points ahead of that right now. We closed at $241 for SMH today. So we want to see those February 23rd lows Hold Just an important technical indicator there. Some psychological factors go into that. After tech on the day, we were followed there from our leaders, consumer discretionary, and then communication services. Our laggers on the day, one of our leading sectors, energy, led the way lower today, followed by another one of our leaders recently, financials, and then it was utilities, real estate, and consumer staples. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. This whole area got hit hard today. Almost everything uh, everything here was down today. Gold, now down just over 2.5% so far on the day, down $45 an ounce to 1730 an ounce. Silver, down bigger, 3.75% to $26.60 an ounce. Copper, hit the hardest, down 4.15% to $4.08 a pound. But copper's been 
on a tremendous tear, uh, hitting nine year, almost ten, about almost ten year highs here in copper. It is at extreme overbought territory at these levels. So a little bit of a pullback here would would not be too concerning to us. Much like 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 we saw with the Dow this week, when you hit a new all time high or a new long long period high like that, it's not a bearish occurrence. So to see a little bit of a pullback is not that worrisome here. We don't want to see it continue, but nothing too major here yet. Oil down now as well on the day, just under three percent to sixty one dollars and sixty six cents a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin now down five point eight five percent. To, and I'm just going to double check this, make sure I get this number right, to 46321 now for Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday for the close.